0: You know what I did? I I did something wrong where I I didn't plug in the Commodore, so I can just take over the show now, and you just see him jibber jabbering like a dang ding fool, just like that. So he's going to keep jibber jabbering, and then I'm going to plug him in. Just one moment, please, folks.
1: I don't believe this.
0: I don't believe this. There you I don't go. believe this. This is high the... production
1: values. I invite you here and the only person on my side is the blood sucking lawyers. <laughs> um
0: is this Steven Spielberg night
1: or is is that another night? Yes.
0: Yes, it is. It's okay. it's, it's, it's every night. It's Steven Spielberg um, anyway. night. Anyway. <laughs> hey,
1: hey the, should we should we should we try to do another intro? You should try that again. Yeah. Hey, let's 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 pretend we're going to start the show over again. We're just we're just sitting here. We're all like, "Oh, there's nothing really going on here. We are you ready to go?" Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're, we're Three, two, three.
0: one, and go. 1 and
1: that's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore.
0: Ding ding. And we're always prepared. Just ask Roo. <laughs> Just like boy scouts.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. If that's that we're always prepared. It's like be prepared. But anyway, oh, um, yeah. whether we're prepared or Semper whether we're Fidelis. not, yes, Fidelis. E pluribus unum. <laughs> um, it, it's it's great to have you with us tonight. We are not prepared, but whether we're prepared or whether we're not, we're going to have a conversation that we promised you on the last program about the genius of Mel Brooks. We're going to do a couple other things, too, that we usually do. We're going to talk about some news and notes. We're also going to get to the question and answer portion of the program later on as well. But we're going to do something special tonight uh, because tonight's a special night. I can feel it. Good Orf. things are happening tonight.
2: Orf. Orf.
0: Why are you barking I um, shadow puppet dog that is agreeing with you that tonight uh, is a very special uh, night right shadow yes. puppet dog that is actually not a shadow Bark! that's right got it I see
1: yeah okay. just roll uh, with it yeah I'm just gonna keep on I'm just gonna keep on going yeah so uh, for those of you um, that uh, don't already follow me on Twitter I'm gonna put this right into the chat right now you can tweet your questions for the program that we will answer live on the air to at it's the Commodore. And uh, during, the, during the program, I will assemble the uh, greatest of the questions, and we will answer them live on the air during the question-answer portion of the program. Um, you know what's interesting? Some of you might be noticing that something's a little bit different about the show besides the dog sock puppet. It's shadow puppet, not sock puppet. Shadow puppet. Jeez. Do you, is, is, your light, is your light really that pronounced so you can see the shadow puppet? No, that's
0: why I say it's a shadow puppet without a shadow, because I have the oh. dog, but it's not mm. actually a shadow. I see. It's just my you, hand.
1: This is the very interesting existential quandary you're having right here with this puppet. <laughs> Ruff! Um i sorry,
0: what were you saying? So we, we don't ever have a show plan. We go, we but got, if we did have a show plan, this would never have been on it. We got immediately sidetracked. That's a, a <laughs> record for us. Anyway, sorry, go there's ahead. No,
1: there's no rhyme or reason to anything that's going on right now. What I was actually going to say is um, this is the first program that we are actually running where I am in a, my other my, my next super secret location, which is not a bunker. Hidden under any place in particular?
0: Nope. It is your, it is the Commodore's room of fun.
1: La, La casa de Commodore, and this is the the room of fun in such things. So um, yeah, uh, sorry for the emptiness. Sorry for that. There's nothing here, uh, except for a uh, signed picture of Commander Riker behind me.
0: I was gonna say, is that handsome lad behind you smiling at you, Jonathan Frakes? Uh, it is
1: Jonathan Frakes smiles at me, and and I was not, I was unable to put it next to my bed where I wanted to put it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but uh, but that's another story for another time. In any anyway, in any case, I was forced to remove Jonathan Frakes from my bedroom, and I had to put him in here instead. So Which is a damn this chain. is now, yeah, this is now the, this is now the room of fun. Jonathan Frakes used to gently greet me with his smile and his beard when I would wake up in the morning.
0: Anyway. Anyway, seven minutes in. <laughs> yeah, seven minutes in,
1: and we haven't even gotten to the uh, news and notes portion of the program. So, Hello, folks, everybody. let's go. Uh, Ru, we we generally talk to people about you know things that we think they should know about. What are there any things that that you want to bring to the forefront to talk about with the people's? Well, today
0: that's a good that's a good point because this here's something uh, a just serendipitous news tid and bit that came out I, I just found out a few hours ago uh, Twitch uh, as as many people know is, is in the process uh, somewhat officially, unofficially, I don't know being absorbed by YouTube and appropriately Google um, and as part of this they are changing the way they do things uh, they are dropping their save forever feature uh, you can still archive highlight clips of up to two uh, you know Hours at a time. Uh, that's a new process. Furthermore, they're changing how you update that you can't just automatically upload videos to YouTube now. And perhaps most interestingly, uh, they have an automatic system <clears throat> which will, uh, if you if you broadcast a copyrighted piece of music, it will mm-hmm. in thirty minute chunks mute that part of the video. And this goes Aha. this goes back to any archived video you have as well, which can be messing with people. This, this is reminiscent of the great YouTube debacle of uh, de- of December last year when a lot of uh, uh, YouTubers got... Vid- yeah, pr- pretty much, <laughs> where their videos got flagged for various copyright infringements, which may or may not have even existed. Um, yes. In fact, Twitch's own uh, <laughs> a video highlighting these changes uh, or something like that got, got flagged <laughs> in their own system irony exactly yeah but yeah that's and so this this is interesting for a bunch of because twitch is a huge platform now justin tv just you know which is what twitch came from uh-huh. uh is closed basically it's dead now yes they, they, yes they okay just Pulled the plug on that thing literally a yep. few days ago okay. and, and now twitch is the home for all sorts of live let's plays and idiots other talk su- on the internet others yeah and, other
1: yeah. such nonsense that nobody listens to
0: exactly so right. um as part of all this, before any of this happened, we were already going to make this move, but we might as well announce it now. We are going back to YouTube for our streaming needs, uh, for various reasons. Um, we we're just at ComBravo, up in Canada. I had a few people tell me that Canada. they missed uh, Echo Screen Live. They didn't know why we weren't doing it anymore. And this is the this is something, this isn't new to me, but it definitely reinforced. A lot of people just follow others on YouTube, and they don't bother yeah. with the other stuff. They don't yeah. follow me at Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W on Twitter, or... They've probably or never like been to the website that we started together www this whole thing. The wolfcom yeah. They might not even listen to us uh, in podcast form on iTunes, Stitcher, and, and any sort of Android podcasting device. So, anyway, uh, my what was my point? My point is we're going back <laughs> to YouTube in two weeks' time, uh, and we will... Uh, the plan, at least, is to have special guest Pat the NES Punk join us for that that transition.
1: Uh-huh. I like him; he's fun. He's
0: he's he's an interesting guy. So uh, <laughs> we
1: like interesting guys. We have them on our show.
0: Yeah. So a little bit of uh, Twitch news there, sprinkled in with some self promotion and a and a note that we are moving back to YouTube. You can still always find us at clantheirwaygreywolf.com. You can still find us on your podcasting uh, application of choice. But uh, as for the actual stream itself. We're moving the host to uh, YouTube, yes,
1: and you know Nash
0: is here I'm sorry that's just a big piece
1: of news that's that's, that's news and notes <laughs> we like that too um you know it there's no there's nothing necessarily that that's in the news and notes portion of the program it says it can't be news and notes about our own program true right?
0: true uh uh <laughs> and, Maybe? and no? if you're if you're interested in uh, following some of our friends in the chat, such as Nash, who does Radio Dead Air every Monday on on his own. Uh, uh, For the last meh, 14 years. That's all. That's all. You know, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, um,
1: we, we, we thought we had a pretty good program going until we realized that, you know, Nash had been doing this forever.
0: Yes, in a day. Um, before we move on to the next news note, uh, we have a question in the, from the chat from Crass141. How did we like Duff's Wings? We went to Duff's up in Buffalo on our oh, our yeah. jaunt up to uh, Canada. Yeah, Duff's Wings were pretty good. They yeah. were pretty good. And now uh, we, we, we had a good
1: combination, too, because we had the medium sauce. Now, I got the medium mild because Just I actually because was having some dental issues. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, okay. Um, having to be but, in, the, in the mouth, though i w I'm not gonna say anything. Teeth I'm, are like, pregnant. I'm just gonna leave it there. My teeth are pregnant. But I tested positive. The point is I we got, the, we got the mild medium and we got the what was the what was the one you called? Was it smoky barbecue? Was it uh, regular, we got it
0: the charbecue?
1: Charbecue. We went half, I knew it had a unique name. We
0: went like half medium mild and half charbecue. It was like okay. a barbecue, but it was charred. Never had that style before. It was very good, I thought. I enjoyed yeah. that. Quite yeah, a bit. That, that, it was
1: good. It was good stuff. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the medium is kind of what people, I think, think of with traditional, like, buffalo sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really good. A lot of good flavor. I was, um, I thought it was really good. So,
0: so Duff's Wings, definitely, definitely worth the stop.
1: Yes. If you can get there.
0: And thank you for joining us on The Delicious Dish from National Public Radio. <laughs> Sorry. We 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 keep
1: we keep acting like every time we do the show that we actually have a sponsor for the show. <laughs> we 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 actually don't have any sponsors.
0: Welcome to Echo Screen Live, sponsored by Duff's Wings. Yeah, at, at 15 locations, local pretend, to Buffalo, right? New York. Out of no if, clue. If we if we use fake sponsors, will
1: they will they mute that on Twitch? Maybe. Like if we if we if we like.
0: Act as if people are sponsoring our show. Would they deny the? I think you have to note that actually, ads? if you have ads uh, like that you've placed into things. At least with YouTube, I know you do, and I'm sure it's the same thing with Twitch. Anyway, do you have a news no. note?
1: I do. So you know, I was I was looking at something uh, that I thought I, I found pretty interesting, which is that the original Bioshock is being ported oh, over to the iPod and uh, the iPod, the iPhone, and the <laughs> iPad. Um, I don't know why I went to iPod. I had three to choose from, and I, I chose the only one that didn't make sense. At least sense.
0: you didn't say iMac. <laughs> yeah, the iMac. The iMac is getting Bioshock. Woo! Yeah, finally,
1: finally, damn it. Um, yeah. So, so, why is that interesting? It's not. But I thought it was interesting only because. Well, <laughs> All only, right. Yeah, Next topic. Move on. Let's move on. Next topic. Um, no, it's. It, I I think it's interesting only because that makes no sense to me. I. I I mean, think about. I realize that at this point, Bioshock is now almost a decade old. Because if you think about it, I want to say, well, actually, it wouldn't be. Would it? I I think it came out in two thousand and seven, if I remember correctly. it's,
0: it's not a decade old.
1: Something around that. That you know, but but still, it's closer to the decade than it is to you know being around you know this generation of consoles, right? Oh, are you peeing? Don't pee. Hold on. Did you notice how I instinctively reached for the beer for that one?
0: Doesn't it just make you want to take a nice big sip of something?
1: It's like a... I don't know. It's a a weird thing how you did that.
0: Um, You're welcome, everyone. Anyway,
1: here's my point. I think it's really strange that a game from... Even though the game is old, you don't think of that game as a mobile game at all, right? No. No, of course not. And even though I hear that they actually did it in a pretty coherent way, it was ported by a Chinese developer... Sure. Um, that, that does a lot of different ports, apparently, and they do a great job. Apparently, they were the same Chinese developer that did... Um, what's that game I'm thinking of? XCOM. They put the brand new XCOM on mobile huh. platforms, which XCOM, to me, seems like a game that actually could work on a mobile platform. At least on an iPad. Anyway. I, I was, but I was, yeah, Crass is asking the question I want to ask. Who plays console games on phones?
0: And, and this is what I was just about to bring up. So, you know, Amazon app store which if you have an android phone i highly suggest you get because they have a free mm-hmm. app every day every once in a while it's something worthwhile and i downloaded yes. um uh sonic the hedgehog 4 not long ago and i'm playing it on my phone and it's just doesn't feel right <laughs> at all yeah. you, you don't get the tactile sensation of the analog stick or anything like that without seeing it you, i mean you can't you, you don't know where your fingers are you i'm not don't know if i'm hitting it correctly or not it's Nine. Pressure
1: sensitivity of the buttons, right? The actual positioning of your fingers—you just—it doesn't feel right.
0: And then you say, "Oh well, you can just get a uh, a Bluetooth uh, controller or something like that, and then you can uh, control it perfectly fine." Well, then what's the point of getting a phone game? Just get a, a 3DS or a PSP or a Vita or something like that that has games with so much more depth than what you'll find in your average, you know, portable Plus- game.
1: Yeah, and I mean if you if you walk around with a gamepad and a phone, you look like a total dweeb, let's be honest. Like I mean that is like if you have your phone and it's this big and you're using a controller and it's this big, like, something is very wrong with that picture.
0: It's just yeah, it's just not good. Now that's not to say that there are good games on on mobile. Of course there Absolutely. are. But they're usually designed Absolutely. for mobile. And when you take something, even that's no, no, Sonic Four wasn't made for mobile. It just happens to be on mobile for one of its early releases. I mean it was also on i believe xbox 360 and, and ps3 but regardless it it just doesn't feel right and all of the workarounds that i've seen to try to make these console games work on mobile just haven't worked yeah. um, I mean, and i, mean, the, and I can't things, ima- like make yeah. the game easier and i would say that that's the same thing for bioshock
1: uh exactly and and like i say i think there's there's only a couple ways to to, to cut that mustard you got to make the game easier by, um, you know, dumbing down the interface. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, when you're trying to select weapons and, and kind of upgrade things, to kind of dumb that down, water it down so it's easier. There's maybe only three paths instead of 15. Um, to Or to, you know, expand the hitboxes on a shooter so that it's a lot easier to hit somebody. To make the gun's blast radius really, really huge. So, basically, if you're shooting at anything on the screen, you automatically hit it. But what seemed wrong about Bioshock for me is that Bioshock to me is not a game you would ever play on a mobile platform. Whether you could beat it or not was irrelevant. Why would you want to play a beautiful, wonderful masterpiece that I believe Bioshock to be on a mobile game platform? And I think it speaks to the difference in, in, in experience between mobile, game, mobile gaming platforms and what we put as dedicated gaming platforms. You talked about it with the with the DS, mm-hmm. or you could easily talk about it as the consoles at home. They're dedicated gaming platforms. Is what they do. The experience is fundamentally very different, and this is why I'm not buying the one to one ratio of experiences being the same for mobile and uh, and for dedicated consoles anytime soon.
0: Nope uh let's see uh we had some other tids and bits that more or less well yeah okay a couple of quick hits um interesting news today about an unreleased duke nukem game that was discovered in the library of congress (laughs) of all places uh basically okay so there's a game duke nukem critical mass which was uh, made for the nintendo ds so this is a while ago (laughs) uh not forever ago but still and there's a psp version that was never released and uh and and so <clears throat> this guy found it in the Library of Congress, the moving image section specifically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they archive or they re- receive roughly 400 video games per year through the copyright registration process. And this is something yeah. that the Library of Congress, is, they do. They preserve various forms of media uh f- because that's what they do. They're giant yeah, posterity. They're exactly. like the official yeah. library of the United States. Right. Um, and this guy's you know, going through the database and he sees uh, something that says, Duke Nukem, Critical Mass, PSP, uh, entire video game, computer code, artwork, and music. And mm. the guy had the forethought to think, wait a minute, this is unreleased. This is kind of amazing. You know, he yeah. has everything. And this is part of the problem that plagues... Uh, video game historians today, just for games in the '80s, like on the Atari and stuff, a lot of, a, a, and we've we've both seen uh, some good talks on this. Uh, a lot of these companies don't think to preserve things like the original game code,
1: which is terrible because a lot of those old games that we all grew up loving, that we would you know pay money for now, yeah, for those kinds of experiences, are lost to history forever.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and and, and I'll, I don't need to tell you. Lots of video game companies go out of business. You know, yeah. this is not a recent phenomenon. No. Companies, especially in the mid '80s, were dying left and right. Yeah, and then their their code's gone. People get fired. Uh, they go off and do make widgets at the widget factory or whatever and they...
1: Yeah, nobody knows who owns these things at that point, no, right? Who I, owns nobody it? Nobody
0: knows where the source code is. So yeah. luckily... Well, even if you have the
1: source code, who owns the code? Mm-hmm. And where, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those... We, when we went to the archival uh, panel at PAX, which a few years ago, you mentioned it already, it, that was one of the big questions. It's like somebody that, that started the game who now works for a company, all of a sudden the company goes out of business, everybody leaves and someone's got it on the disc. Yeah. What can they do with it? Uh, well, they can't release it right. legally. Mm-hmm. They could sell it to somebody or they could keep it in their back pocket for posterity's sake, which is all people ever pretty much do.
0: And you have the, the uh, what do you call it? The description of certain types of software, abandonware. but that's not a mm-hmm. real term. You know, mm-hmm. If a company doesn't do something with software for a while or the company that originally created the software doesn't exist, that doesn't right. legally. That doesn't mean that uh, abandonedware is not a legal term. It doesn't mean that no. oh, okay, anyone can do whatever they want with this code. No, it's a it's somewhere, a presumptive term. Right. Someone somewhere owns the assets. Right. Sometimes it's a giant pain to find out how, who, or how. You right. Know? And how
1: and how they sold it to these guys in a in a poker game, and now these guys have this, and the, and you know this part they split apart and they sent to this company and. So it's it's very it's very difficult to track these things but yeah. I, what you know what my question is why how did this guy get these copies of the game well, and why was how the it the library of congress get it yeah i mean in, in other words in other words who decided it's, that this stuff was important enough to send to the library of congress it's part of the copyright registration process i see so this was something that they did because they expected to be released
0: yes yes okay
1: see i didn't get that part i thought you were saying this was something that they abandoned midstream said up we can't do it gone forever right somebody found it and said we got to send this in and then and then the guy at the library of congress went
0: oh look at this this is great and this is something uh that frank safaldi who is i would call one of the premier video game historians um he's a very fascinating guy to follow on twitter um, but he has, uh, for over a decade, run a website called The Lost Levels, which talks about all sorts of unreleased prototypes. Uh, for the longest time, he had by far the most information on the uh, unreleased Mother uh, or Earthbound prototype for for the NES, you know, for example. And and he's very good at collecting these prototypes, like one of a kind type prototypes, and, right. and releasing the source code because it's important that we. Preserve, preserve it. Preserve the history. Yeah, that wasn't so much a quick bit uh, <laughs> news news yeah. bit, but uh, I thought that was. We an got a one.
1: whole nother show
0: to do. Yeah, and and, and you got uh, people in the chat talking about Panzer Dragoon Saga. You know, Sega lost that source code, which sounds uh, amazing. You know, because that is not that old of a game. Sega is a big company. just yeah. gets lost. It's weird. Uh, I, I don't
1: know. We we at one time decided that you know because we went to that archival thing that we were going to become. We're going to go to try to track down, since Philips now actually completely disavows that there ever was a thing called the CDI, that we should go try to find out what happened to it and become the definitive single repository of all knowledge about CDI. But uh, We could try. Like, like many things, that, that dream died on the vine. <laughs> anyway, we do actually have a point to the show today. Let's move on to the, to the topic du jour. Mm-hmm. That is the topic of the day. Mm. I'll have that. But no, we're not doing a Dumb and Dumber program. We're actually going to be... As much as you'd like to. As much as I'd love to, because we're going to do that in November. It's going to happen. <laughs> you don't even understand. Like it's, We're going to do a Dumb and Dumber program in November. The um, end. The end. It's happening. Um, we made some really stupid referential jokes at the beginning of last program that were references to several of our favorite Mel Brooks movies. Yes. Um, at that point, we got off on a sidetrack, which we never do. No, it's We're always weird. very much on topic here <laughs> on, the, on the Echo Screen Live. We keep with the topic. It's kind of our thing. Um, <laughs> we, we got completely sidetracked and said, wait a minute, why don't we just do a show about Mel Brooks movies? And, and we started talking about it. And, and you know the, the idea of the genius of Mel Brooks yeah. is something that we should pay homage to. It's not necessarily kind of the, the fodder we always talk about here. We're not asking a deep existential question. We're not going to talk to you about the philosophy of video games.
0: No, it's the philosophy of Mel Brooks. Completely different. I don't even know if I'm going to call it that. We're, well, just, going to, we're just going to appreciate the hell out of what Mel Brooks did throughout his life. Well, so, he- Let's, so here's my yeah. thought. I, hear, I have a, a history of Mel Brooks and on some notes I, and some interesting tidbits in particular that I thought I'd bring up. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll go through his life, hit some of the big movies – and, yep. and discuss them. And at the end, I have a question or two that I'd like to, to ask you and the general audience.
1: Hold that thought, folks. If you have a question for me, <laughs> those, those, uh, you just joined us, or for a question for us that you would like us to answer, even if Rue's questions don't get answered, you can get your questions answered by tweeting at me. If you don't know what that is, I'm going to put it in the chat right now. It's at it's the Commodore. Just tweet me right there with your question, with your query. And uh, I will assemble all of the tweets that I received during the portion during this portion of the program, and we will answer them during the third portion of the program, which is the question and answer portion. Anyway, time in. You you have questions to answer (laughs) at the end.
0: Good. Okay. So, so Crass one four one in the chat brings up an interesting point, or not an interesting point, but just a point that that inevitably comes with older people in entertainment when you haven't heard from them in a while. The mm-hmm. first thing you ask yourself is, wait, are they still alive? Which is awful. Yes. But yes, is. Mel Brooks is still alive. He's 88, yes. Uh, yes. which means he was born in 1926. Um, yep. So not young, but he's still out there. And still kicking, by the way. Yes. First side note, his son, Max Brooks, wrote the book World War Z. You know,
1: I did not know
0: that. You know, I, I, when I found that out myself, I found that out a while ago, and I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of amazing. Huh. By the way, even if you've seen the movie, the book has very little to do with the movie, but I still recommend that you watch or read the book. It's quite fascinating. It's a very interesting take. I know we even talked about, had a podcast about this, right? Zombies, blah, okay, we're done. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, fucking zombies, yeah,
0: World yeah. War Z is a very interesting take on it. It's like an oral history, like 10 years after the zombie war ended from a bunch of different perspectives. Anyway, yeah. Mel Brooks... Um. <laughs> yeah. So and his dad,
1: yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Max Brooks and his father, no. uh, Mel. Um,
0: something else interesting I did not know about Mel Brooks. He is one of the few people to have an EGOT. If I'm saying that right, basically it's like the, you know, like how there's the Triple Crown in baseball.
1: Oh, and he's won like all the awards.
0: He's like one. He has at least one of the four major entertainment awards.
1: Emmy, Grammy, Oscar you won't get Tony.
0: That. Oh, you didn't get the last one, yes. Yeah. So he has he has an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for the producers. He has uh several Emmy Awards. Um one for uh writing, uh a, a Sid Caesar special, and three for as a guest actor on Mad About You. Mm. If you remember that show from the nineties. I do. Uh, remember the '90s. He uh, has. Remember when Helen
1: Hunt was popular.
0: <laughs> uh, and the, Paul and Paul Reiser had his own sitcom. Paul Reiser. I Paul okay, Reiser. So here's a sidetrack. Remember in your dorm. Yes, that's the first thing I thought in, of. In the early 2000s, in your dorm, right by the bathroom, like the like the public bathroom, was a a. A poster, a framed, framed, a framed poster. poster of like poster. of like a teen beat style interview yeah. with Paul Riser back when like he was on. Like he's like standing on one leg. He's like, "Hey, I'm Paul Riser," and he's wearing a goofy '80s shirt. And he's like, "Yeah, it's the, like star straight of, the star of my two dads opens up about blah blah." Every single time. Every single time I would come visit you, I just had to look at that poster like, "Why is that here?" Like, yeah, almost 20 See, years after this was necessary. Anyway,
1: remember what I told you about staying on track, folks. Like nope. a like steel trap, uh, <laughs> like we are we are as reliable as the sun coming up the next day when it comes to staying on course. Anyway, uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Simon um, Paul Reiser, yeah, Mel yeah, Brooks. Yes,
0: uh, he he won three Tony Awards himself uh, for the producers the musical uh, that that actually was best musical, uh, best book, and best original score, and Grammy awards. Uh, he pretty he, not too shabby. He he won best spoken comedy album. Uh, in 1999 for the 2000 year old man and best uh, musical show album for the producers. So that is a, a rare breed to find someone who can who has won all, all of those awards, at least one. Not a whole lot of folks. So uh, Mel Brooks was born, like I said before, in 1926 in Brooklyn. Surprise, I know. Um, yeah, I know. Can't tell by his accent. <laughs> he served as a corporal in uh, World War II. Uh, and when he I also didn't know that, yeah, I know, weird, right? He came back and he uh, started off um, becoming a drummer and pianist uh, in in the what is known as the Borscht Belt. Well, that's the I think that's
1: the the one thing that is so underrated about Mel Brooks is is how musically talented he is. Oh, yeah. um, not only as a songwriter, uh, which I think he's he's great. He he's, he writes awesome songs, but. The way that he kind of spins stories, which is very, very much a a rare talent. Those of you that like musical theater uh, know how difficult it is to kind of spin stories into songs. I have always found him to be incredibly adept at that. And that's something I I just bow
0: down to his capability there. And here's something you probably don't know is that he learned how to play drums from Buddy Rich, or at least he was taught. Yeah, that's partially. Six, so I mean,
1: it's like it's like oh, wh- where would you learn to play guitar? <laughs> uh, no big deal, Jimmy Page. Taught me to play, like, <laughs> uh, no big deal. Who um, uh, yeah? Who taught you to play? Uh, who taught you to play the cello? Uh, Yo Yo Ma taught me to play cello. That's uh, no, no big deal. Um, so anyway, Mil- is, 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 is Mel Brooks Forrest Gump? Is he, that what you're trying to tell me? Might, is that what's going on? He here? Might
0: be. He served in um, World War II. He learned to play drums from Buddy Rich. He was like, you know, born pre- and. Okay, yeah, keep going. He has all the awards. He has um, all the awards. Yep. He he uh, eventually went to stand up comedy and uh, was uh, went over to Hollywood and was working with Sid Caesar um, hmm. on your show of shows uh, around 1950, which probably not a lot of people our age know about. But basically, it is the forerunner to the variety sketch comedy show show, basically you know you had a lot of big people get their start writing there you had um well of course it was sid caesar there but you also had mel brooks um you had uh crap 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 neil simon and oh wow carl reiner
1: carl reiner i I knew carl reiner yep they they worked together oh yeah so much past that yeah yeah absolutely
0: and uh yeah so that was you know a lot of really big stuff came from that mel brooks as a performer his first real big break where people started to get to know him was with Carl Reiner with the 2000-year-old man skit which i'm sure you can find any number of iterations of on youtube i highly yes. suggest it basically he plays a 2000-year-old man it's funny <laughs> it, it's funny just trust me on that yeah. uh move, moving forward but he, in the in the 50s and the 60s he start he he started writing broadway shows or at least the books for them then you know mm-hmm. producers was not his first broadway uh, or, or musical attempt I should say it was his first movie wasn't it uh, it was it was his first movie uh, he actually uh, helped develop uh, Get Smart
1: which is awesome because yeah. Get Smart is so Mel Brooks even though really he wasn't no, even he, though he wasn't really involved with he, the show he
0: didn't work with the show past the pilot but it definitely has that tone that Mel Brooksian tone it's like it's like a farce but it's yes. it's, it's, it's still actual comedy you know it's it's, yeah. it's it's not. Um, it's not just. It's got a heart. It's meaningful. Exactly. Exactly. Very, you, you
1: get characters that you care about. It's. It's. And this is. It, a, it is. it has got that tone to this it. This
0: is a theme I think we're going to be revisiting a bit with his movies. But um, yes, uh, his first um, movie was The Producers, which is about. Um, well, <laughs> it's about these. Couple producers. It's about a couple of Broadway producers who. Um, basically are trying to release a flop they're trying to gather a bunch of money to put on a show release a flop that closes on the first night and and then they can just pocket the money and run away basically right, uh, right. and and the movie which came out in 1968 uh starred gene wilder um and uh,
1: another theme that would continue with uh, mel brooks
0: yeah and, and and this is this is pretty biting not sat, not really satire, just, just farce. It's pretty biting farce. If you've never seen the producers, the, the, the musical that they make is Springtime for Hitler. Yes. This is a little over 20 years after World War II ended.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So this is still pretty raw for a lot of yeah. people. And to yeah. have someone who is willing to com- just take Adolf Hitler and put him up uh, a- as a Jew, he puts him up a- a- and-, and just makes it complete mockery. Of everything the man stood for it's that kind of it, it hurts so much you, you You. what am i trying to say here made it okay to laugh at him and yeah
1: and well, it, it's, it's, it's 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 truly farcical in yes. that you know you use but it's also it, it has satirical elements because it it, it it breaks down a serious issue by telling jokes about it yeah. um yeah mel brooks was so good at doing that kind of thing i mean you're talking about a a Jewish born child who fought in World War Two, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know, uh, but but a, a Jewish child born to Jewish parents, um, who d- decides, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make, uh, he he really wanted to make a musical initially, if if I remember correctly, he wanted to, he wanted to remember, he wanted to make a musical that was a total farce of Hitler, where he would play Hitler. Yeah. And it was like well, it's you know I mean or make a musical about that experience. Yeah. And and to me that just if if that doesn't show you the kind of mind that that creates some of the content we're going to talk about today, nothing will because he was the only person that would stand up and say this is not about being offensive. This is not about being, you know, necessarily even topical. It wasn't about what was going on during the course of the day. It's about kind of tearing down something that is obviously got people very very much you know, think about what you see about World War II. It keeps oh, yeah. very obviously tense. It's a, it's a, it's a, a. lot of people died. It's a very serious topic, and here's Mel Brooks. You know, totally yucking it up about it. I, yeah. I just think that's phenomenal.
0: He's taking a figure who is, who is scary, who is, uh, very serious. You know, very, like I said before, very fresh in the minds of people at the time, and saying, guys. Look! Look! Isn't this hilarious? It's a it's a, it's a it's a musical about Nazis, and look at how stupid Hitler is in it. Ha, it's not funny. I mean, just tearing him yeah. down and making him someone you can laugh at. Right. And by using that laughter, uh, basically empowers those those of us I say us we weren't alive during World War II, but those people yeah. left behind, especially the Jewish population, who you know went through obviously so much. Right. Um, anyway. Um. And, and the producers, of course, was re-released as a movie uh, in in the twenty first early twenty first century, with uh, because it was re- it was actually released as a Broadway show uh, in two thousand one, with oh my goodness um, Matthew Broderick and yeah. oh god Nathan uh, Lane Nathan Lane yeah. yes uh, and and uh, as we just mentioned you know like I've never tonies, seen so
1: I've never seen the two thousand and one version of the producers
0: okay but you've seen the sixty eight version question mark
1: a long time ago i saw okay. that okay like like before like like because my family my dad had a love for musicals <sighs> and so I, I watched a lot of those when i was younger and i don't i mean like west side story and like all these other things that i watched and i i don't really remember them all that much to be honest
0: okay uh, i have seen but anyway i've seen the more yeah. recent version and it's it is it's definitely a good movie it's not my favorite yeah. musical I've of all that. time but it is, it is definitely good and the performances yeah. are amusing as hell um anyway uh yeah so so, uh, so then there were a few more movies right of of, of lesser known like uh the 12 chairs et cetera. uh and then we get to 1974 which is probably mel brooks's biggest year uh at least in terms of movies uh starts off with blazing saddles yep which Ooh. is classic yes which is a farce on on old west movies yeah. in general yep um this stars gene wilder uh Cleavon, or clevon little uh as the black sheriff yeah uh, harvey corman who was a mainstay for a lot of these movies uh and slim Pickens, etc yep so if you've never seen blazing saddles, Gene wilder if you've ne- you know well, you i already said that one but um, oh, you did. And- also gene wilder was in it yeah. uh describe describe for me blazing saddles i want to i want to hear you do this one
1: Blazing Saddles is... I, I love Blazing Saddles because it is... Obviously, like you said, it's a farce on westerns, but it's also this huge play on race, right? Mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles is, is overtly a story about race. You have this very uh, kind of Old West town, you know, Dust Bowl kind of place, right? You think about it. It's all white people barely surviving on the plains, right? And then into town... <laughs> rides in a black sheriff.
0: Right, to save the town. To save the from town. From murders and pillagers, basically. Exactly.
1: and, and but, but the reason why the movie is genius is not because it's a Western or not because it does, I think, a great job of referencing Westerns. Here's another cool thing about... Uh, sorry, I'm getting off track here. but What? You know, M- Mel Brooks does a great job of referencing stuff in his movies, but you don't need to know the reference material to laugh at it.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know if I've, okay, I've seen good, bad, and the ugly. That's perhaps the only like old western I've seen. And
1: he's not making fun of good, the, good, bad, and the ugly no, in this kind not. of movie.
0: It, it, yeah, exactly. I've. He's, I've, he's
1: I've, talking about westerns that are like old westerns, but, right?
0: But Blazing Saddles is perhaps my favorite Mel Brooks movie, just because it is flat out funny. You know, exactly. and, and you recognize the tropes. You don't have to know the specific movie it's referencing because it's, it's not usually referencing a specific movie at any given time it's, it's just it's making truth. fun of the
1: form of the movie most of the time right. and that's why it's great but blazing saddles ends up being this hilarious kind of take on this town wants to be saved but they have to be in order to to, to do that they have to accept the fact that they're gonna be saved by a black sheriff right mm-hmm. and hilarity ensues
0: <laughs> and we have the chat talking about Atlas Shrugged. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, he, he made that one too, right? Now, he did. Um, um, but yes, and, and it's like, we're, like we, were saying, we were saying before about how in, with the producers, he was able to uh, poke holes at, poke fun with um, Hitler and Nazis. A very tense issue. Uh, racism in the 70s, in the early 70s, Definitely a hot-button issue. I mean, racism is always a hot-button issue, but it, even more right. so during the Civil Rights Movement. And this just went flat out. Like you said, it didn't try to be offensive just to be offensive. It no. had the, the N-word, which no one can even say anymore. This, <laughs> this movie throws it around like, you know, anything. Because it, uh, it But to makes, effect.
1: It, 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 to effect, because it makes you see how stupid it is that this word cripples people, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, in so many ways, I think Mel Brooks it, it defies the politically correct kind of standards we have today, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so funny. It's right. not necessarily because you 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 agree or disagree with Mel Brooks's point of view, or you know you think the, the the jokes are are superbly written, or you know, but you can laugh at Mel Brooks because it makes us laugh at each other, and yes. not. Not at each other in a derogatory way, in a demeaning way. It makes us laugh at each other because it, it just shows us, like South Park does, I would argue. Yeah. How silly some of the really serious arguments actually are when you break them down.
0: Yeah, basically, don't take don't take life so serious. Look at how silly some of these things are, and you know, let's, you know, it's it's silly, it's silly to get yeah. so angry over over, you know, to to be a racist. It's silly to. Uh, be well, be it silly to be a Nazi. It's it's silly right. to, uh, you know, just be so serious about everything in life. It's like just laugh at it and move on, and hopefully we can all get along. Uh, and in order
1: to do that, you need incredibly good writing. Yeah, you need an an incredibly good director of actors, and you have to have a great number of great performers. And that is what he had in droves. I mean, all the people he surrounded himself with his entire career are great, people that are great comedic actors. Mm-hmm. Not
0: necessarily the best actors, the best comedic actors. And the interesting thing, when I was looking up some stuff about Mel Brooks, uh, Brooks Mel Brooks said specifically about Blazing Saddles, he says that the film has to do with love more than anything else. Uh, he's, I mean, when, when that black guy rides into that old western town and even the little old lady says, up yours, N-word. Which is one of the greatest scenes in this in the thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you know that his heart is broken, so it's really the story of that being mended. Yeah, so, and it's it's it is the story about how the people in this town can learn to get past their prejudices and realize that this you know this this man has come to help them, and then they help each other. So, but it sneaks its way in, man, it's and crazy. that's what I love about it. It's not something. It's goofy. There's
1: so many ham-fisted, crappy-ass political agenda-laden movies these days. Where you're watching it and you go, okay, I get it. Thank you for beating me over the head with your political position. <laughs> this is not that at all. This right. is such lighthearted fun. If you just allow yourself to drift off and you're not even thinking about what's going on and you just laugh at the jokes, you can laugh at the jokes. But if you really think about why this is funny and what it kind of talks about long term, it makes us feel better about who we are. And it makes you think about these kinds of things like that. It is kind of silly. That we have these kinds of prejudices and these kinds of thoughts about other people. Only Mel Brooks, very very few people, can do it the way Mel Brooks can do it.
0: Yes. So uh, we're we're kind of going overtime on this one, but this is this is yeah. a particularly important one, and it's a theme that that re repeats. It um, does. definitely see Blazing Saddles if you haven't seen it yet.
1: The seventies had a lot of good Mel Brooks movies because well. then I think right after that, didn't he get to work with? uh what some would say is his best movie of all time which is Young Frankenstein.
0: Yeah, it was later that year in 1974 actually okay. that Young Frankenstein came out. Mel Brooks says it's his best movie of all time. Okay. Uh, so, and a lot of people say that. It's funny because I, I I'm not too keen on it but I see I see why people really like it. It's uh, it's Absolutely. it's a little more subtle. If, if that makes sense, <laughs> then a lot of his other movies, it's still a, it's obviously a farce of of like uh, horror movies, the universal horror movies. And uh, Gene Wilder is brilliant as Victor Frankenstein. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, uh, Gene Wilder, it, it, it has
1: interesting kind of connotations to um, the the uh, Gene Wilder in, in um, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Because yeah, this is the of Gene Wilder. A, yeah, but it's also a movie that Gene Wilder basically created, where where he basically said, "I'm going to play the character this way. It is going to happen like this, or I'm not going to do it." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 he basically steals the show and creates this kind of. It's again, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was not a huge dramatic hit. It became a cult classic, just like just like Young Frankenstein was a, is now a cult classic. Oh yeah. Because the the humor is a little bit less overt. It's subtle. It makes you, you know, it's like something that you see. And even if you don't laugh immediately, you walk away. And then you find yourself quoting it endlessly and laughing about it.
0: The, cla- the classic uh, kind of more subtle uh, joke, one of the more subtle jokes from Young Frankenstein is is Igor or Igor. Igor. Uh, yeah. And his hump keeps moving throughout the movie. <laughs> right. And only at, right. and only at one point does is it ever mentioned and... And G Wilder's like, "Wasn't your hump on the other side?" And Igor's like, "What hump?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's great. Kind of it's great. Some brilliant, it's a brilliant writing. And, and then they just and
1: then you just move on, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, and
0: that's it. You don't you don't have to beat the damn joke to death. It, no. and, and that subtlety <laughs> makes comedy so much better. And you, it's rare to find nowadays. And yes, Pond Life, this also became a musical. Not as successful as a producers, but it has become a musical in the last decade. Uh, supposedly, they're working on a Blazing Salads musical, too. Anyway, uh, so moving on to the 74, uh, the next real big one probably uh, is, uh, uh, I would say, History of the World Part 1. History of the World Part 1, which was also hilarious. Which came which out like, in, 1980, uh, one, Yes, 1981, I think. Um,
1: did, we, did we rent this? I think we rented it one time.
0: You know what? We did. That's when I first saw it. Yeah, because I first saw school. Young
1: Young Frankenstein... At your house, you had it on tape. Really? Okay. As I recall, and then and then we rented this one time, the "History of the World Part One," and <coughs> it four. also it always begs the question because the movie, the way the movie ends, it's great, it's funny, it's kind of a satirical kind of look back at the history of humanity. Really, it's not kind of the history of the world, more the history of humanity. Right, and, and
0: it's more of a it's more of a sketch comedy type thing. Yeah,
1: for like people. Monty Python almost.
0: Yeah, because it, it yeah. just skips at certain points and you know, certain eras will have like a two-minute sketch and some will have like 20 minutes, you know? There might might be like 15 or 20 minutes in ancient Rome. There might be like two minutes with, you know, Moses bringing down the tablets from the mountain and accidentally breaking one. Um, And a good portion was spent in, in, uh, what do you call it? (laughs) Pre-revolutionary France. Uh, And here's something I'm sharing, um, because why not? there was a an actual a surprisingly successful excuse me a surprisingly successful uh uh song it was a hit it, actually it, it it was it was uh, a rap that mel brooks recorded entitled it's good to ah. be the king yes which is a parody of louis the 16th and and the french revolution uh it was released as a single became a a surprise dance hit in uh 1980 one i suppose And here's a little bit of that for you just just enjoy
2: take this now get down people and listen to me gonna tell you how i made history you can call me louis i'm the king of france check out my story while you do your day now in 1789 the peasants <laughs> were starving but i was fine we were hanging out down an oversight that's the weekend my queen and I in the alleys of Paris, it was eating rats, but it was filling in for the aristocrat. There was dukes and counts and barons and earth. I gave them the titles, but I kept the girls. Blonde, red, wild brunette, ladies and waiters, I didn't wait to get There was troubles for breakfast, toss for brunch. The line of the yeah, and it goes on for lunch. lunch.
1: You know what's interesting? Here's, here's, here's something that's funny that I just learned very recently because Mel Brooks was on. um... Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is Jerry Seinfeld's new show. Yeah, yeah, uh, a new internet show. He was recently on it, <clears throat> and um, he talks about how uh, many years later he was watching some. I don't know if it was a documentary or he was, was like maybe it was a, a live show or something. Um, it, it wasn't many years later; it was only a few years later. And he hears the melody to a song that's in History of the World Part One. Which is Hitler in springtime? The issue is wait what? The problem. So the the the, the problem is it was actually <laughs> um, it was actually just the melody from it, and they were playing it for like it was like it, you know these like beautiful works of classical music, and then there's springtime for Hitler, and he he never said a word, but it, like the, the 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 song was like referenced only as like springtime or something like that. Oh, but they like they like completely kept it out. But anyway, he he was.
0: Yeah, but so yeah. Another, another interesting little tidbit from that movie. But yeah, uh, I bet you never knew that there was a rapping Mel Brooks, but there he is. There um, is. And Red Mage has a good point. We're, we're testing the limits of Twitch's new copyright system tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Okay, so so History World Part 1, uh, not one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies, but it's definitely one of the more notable ones. Uh, not as much... Uh, I guess social commentary, if you want to call it that, as compared to Blazing Saddles or, or, or even the producers. But um, uh, Unless you want to talk a little bit about how crappy the poor had it in pre-revolutionary France. But uh, yes, uh, another one, movie I want to talk about uh, that I, I actually like quite a bit. It's a remake of a 1942 movie, which I'm surprised that this was made that. Early, but um, it's a, it's a film called Uh, To Be or Not To Be, which is have you ever seen this one?
1: No, I have not.
0: It's a movie about the uh, a, a group, a troop of Jewish Polish actors in World War II, uh, obviously during uh, you know, the Nazi occupation, and how one of the actors in the troop, who played by Mel Brooks here, happens to look like Hitler. And so they're able to, so it's like, there's comedy, but it's like a, it's kind of a pretty heavy comedy, you know, That's because crazy. there's some pretty heavy moments in the movie and I really enjoy it.
1: Um, not, not the typical kind of farcical stuff though. No,
0: it is not. And it's, uh, but it's, it, it was pretty darn good. And, and, you know, the story is, is kind of crazy. It involves like trying to get, uh, this, this, uh, Jewish guy trying to play Hitler, you know, to Help out the resistance, and so he's sneaking in, trying playing Hitler, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. Except, but another thing, really important to note about this is that there was a, to be or not to be Hitler rap that also came out of this
2: movie,
0: and here it is.
2: Well, hi there, people. You know me. I used to run a little junko joy minute. I was number one in the people's choice, and everybody listen to my mighty voice. My name is. A- the story of the new Third Reich. It all began down in Munich town, and pretty soon the world started getting around. So I said to Martin Bormann, I said, Hey Marty, why don't we throw a little Nazi party? So we had an election, well, kind of sorta, before you knew Hello, new order! To all those mothers in the fatherland, I said, Up oh, to baby, I got me a plan. I said, What you got, Adolf? What you gonna do? I said, How about
0: Yeah,
1: we're and we're definitely getting shut down for that. But anyway, so
0: <laughs> and so that that hit uh number 12 on the UK singles charts and number 3 on the Australian singles charts. Which is just crazy. <laughs> but like, it, okay. Yeah. That's uh yes, that's just interesting to know and then we can move on. Um
2: Yeah.
0: Spaceballs came in
1: 1987.
0: Um This Spaceballs. To me this started to th- this was a, a bit of a turn in, in his career uh, the movies from this point on got a little bit more silly I would say yeah. a little bit less high minded not that that's yeah. a bad thing I love Spaceballs it's, a, it's yes. a parody of sci-fi movies like Star Wars right um, and just the cast is hilarious Rick Moranis as Dark Helmet I don't know what, what have you got to say on this one
1: uh, s- Spaceballs is the movie is probably the second Mel Brooks movie I ever saw, and I, I own it on DVD. It's one of my favorites of all time, and the reason I like it is because he is directly poking at I think the the Star Wars culture that, that is coming out of the eighties. Yeah, because I think if you look at it, it's not it's less kind of a sci-fi. You know, farce as much as it really does, kind of poke right at Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. From everything, from the merchandising to the <laughs> characters, you know, with yogurt and everything else, it's it. You know, they they dress similarly to the Star Wars characters. It just kind of pokes a hole in the fact that you know everybody was so into Star Wars back then. Yeah. Um. And, and to me, that's why I like it so much because I I love Star Wars, but Spaceballs is awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, a little, a few more jokey jokes. Like how yeah. Dark Helmet is walking down the corridor, breathing heavy, and then all of a sudden he opens things like "I can't breathe in this thing" and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah. as you noted, a, a little bit, a little bit still farcical, like pure farce with the moichendizing, right? Where, where moichendizing where the real money from the movie is made, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, going more down the, the the lower brow, if you will, road. Uh, we got to Robin Hood Men in Tights in 1993. Which
1: is, um, that was the first Mel Brooks movie I ever saw.
0: Yep, I saw that in the theater. Really enjoyed it. I, I still enjoy it. It's, silly, it's just silly fun. It's great. Totally ludicrous. <laughs> and, and again, more, it seems like it's more directly poking fun at a particular movie because obviously Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came out soon before this. And there's the classic line of, or I think it's classic line where Prince John's like, well, why should the people listen to you? talking to Robin Hood, and Carrie Elwes says, as Robin Hood says, well, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. <laughs> and it's just like, well, yeah, because that was one of the things out of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's like, why is Robin Hood American? That's weird. Anyway.
1: Well, yeah, and because Kevin Costner had the
0: worst accent ever in that movie.
1: Yeah. It was so horrifically bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so awful. Yeah, and people are, are like just... You know, pelting the uh, the chat with with quotes from these movies that, that we yeah. remember as kids, uh, because they are accessible. They're very accessible to children. Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, yeah. Frankenstein, a little less accessible to children, yeah. uh, or even like younger folks. I would say Spaceballs, you know, Spaceballs and two, uh, Sorry, Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights are are good movies that are more silly than the earlier fare from Mel Brooks, but are still very good. Um, yes.
1: you you get you get some of the fresh kind of uh, you know um, this is right around when right, Rob Reiner makes um, uh, the Princess Bride, right? Yeah, and yeah. and in many ways, uh, I I feel like Men in Tights kind of takes some of the fresh air and energy from Princess Bride and just makes a, a completely ridiculous movie. Yeah. Uh, in the same kind of tone, it's it's very like all the scenery and everything is meant to look very fake. And very kitschy and very, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, but, but really romant overly romanticized for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love it. It's it's a great movie. And, you know, Dave Chappelle, uh, this is the first time I ever saw Dave Chappelle. And I, I thought he was absolutely hysterical from the very first time you see him in this movie. And I still think Dave Chappelle is freaking hilarious.
0: And let's not forget Patrick Stewart as king richard
1: here's your knife sold whatever (laughs) um Um, yeah
0: yes so that's
1: that's obviously a
0: great one yeah so and and then we get into things like dracula dead and loving it in which is interesting
1: because so so dracula dead and loving It is interesting for this week because i think that's one of the weaker movies he's made it is but but it's surprising because i think a lot of people were saying well geez take probably the other greatest Kind of just the goofy, goofy, goofy movies, which is all of the Naked Gun films. Sure, and you get Leslie Nielsen, who is who was
2: these also are not. Was, he was Dracula. Yeah, and,
1: well, that's my point. Yeah. They're not like those movies are not supposed to tell us anything about society. They're not making us laugh at ourselves. No. These are movies that are just stupid, right? Just ridiculous, right? And maybe so. stupid's the wrong word because it may be clever, but they're ridiculous, right? They're absurd. they are silly.
0: Sure, and but the thing is, there's nothing wrong with that. No,
1: In you theory. take Leslie Nielsen who's from those movies you take mel brooks kind of the master and you put them together and it's funny there's definitely some funny parts but it's not really all that great it it just doesn't quite work itself out as well
0: right and this is one of those so this this brings me to my my big question i wanted to ask you yeah you have parody movies which are Mm -hmm. kind of like farces yeah that are super terrible lately Lately, yes. I mean in the past decade. Scary or so. movie. Scary yeah. movie, epic movie. It gets worse as you yeah. go on. Date yeah. movie. Yeah, cetera. it's like it's
1: like, hello, we are making fun of these films. Come and watch them because we're going to make poop jokes with Damon Wayans.
0: Yeah, and not not even just making fun of films, but it's more it's it's like family guy type comedy, which is yeah. hey, I referenced this thing that was in the news, like right. Paris Hilton. Yeah, like oh, there's a ghost. I reference Michael it. Jackson. Isn't that funny? Oh, and it, yeah. It's like, oh, and, and, and so Mike and and Rob, um, sorry, uh, Dracula Dead and loving it. Obviously, is not bad as those films, but is not as successful as films like if you want to go more <coughs> more absurd, uh, airplane or the Air- or more toward or- the slightly higher minded higher minded farce of. Uh, blazing saddles or space some Balls of the original
1: thing. national lampoon stuff
0: right sure and so like so my question to everyone in general is what why do these what makes these recent you know in theory looking at these things in a black box it's like oh well they're all just uh, farces or they're all just uh, um, parodies parodies. parodies yeah well what's the difference what makes this one good and this one bad
1: yeah I, I think it's a it's a fair question my opinion is that the you know, like I said, they might have been stupid. So the movies, you know, when I, when I said stupid before, I, I, re, I, I, I rescinded that because I realized those movies were not stupid. You know, Mel Brooks movies are, are anything but stupid. They actually are very clever. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of the humor relies on, you know, I was about to say a rapist wit, which is a dumb and dumber
2: joke. So anyway, <laughs> I won't go into that. Um, but,
1: it, but sharp, you know, witty comments, subtlety. You know, references um, that are clever in nature, right? They're, they're they're clever movies. The movies that are put out now are not clever at all. They're absolutely base. Okay. They they yeah. they they rely on the baser instincts. They're all fart jokes and and just you know cursing and stereotypes, all terrible things, right? If you you know, one of the reasons why Blazing Saddles is so damn intelligent is because Blazing Saddles defies the stereotypes. It's not a movie about stereotypes. And and, and the, the character in Blazing Saddles is so strong and so good because he's
0: not stereotypical. And that's funny because there is an ex- Blazing Saddles is also really well known for an extended fart scene. Uh, but it's not but so, but what separates that fart scene from any movie recently with stupid fart <laughs> jokes? Or or you
1: know oh look uh, one of the Waynes brothers is getting
0: high that's the whole joke well yeah exactly it's it's like reference material but, it's like but oh, for example God. that particular scene in Blazing Saddles where they're all sitting around a campfire the absurdity the, the it's it's like you know how like if you say if you keep saying or what's what's the joke? if you if you there's a period if you like are, are repeating a joke over and over and over and over or something like that. Uh, or a phrase, it's like there's a point where it's like, it's not, it's all right. And then it becomes not funny. And then it right. becomes too hilarious. much of a good thing. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like there's just right. some point where it becomes hilarious. And that's, yes, that's the more, <laughs> we're dissecting fart jokes now. But that's, yeah. I think, more the inherent uh, cleverness, if you will, in Blazing Saddles, because it takes some guys farting around a campfire because they're eating beans. Right. And then it keeps extending it. With ridiculous sounding noises and extends it and extends it to where it's just completely (laughs) ridiculous.
1: And it's nothing about that anymore. It now becomes something that is the joke what you thought was this joke is now this joke.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: why Mel Brooks is so brilliant, because it's you know, I I like the idea of cleverness versus banality. I think that's a good way to put it, but you have and, and shock is a whole nother conversation. Shock comedy is is a whole nother genre to me, but if if you if you watch one of these movies, the joke is the fart joke, and even if they extend it, the fart joke is the fart joke. And they might go from a, a fart joke to a severe fart joke, but that's it. It's it's a fart joke. It only works on one level. It, it's you know you will you, chuckle at it maybe because you're shocked or maybe because you just think oh that's funny. Farts are funny. Everybody knows farts are funny. I mean, except for chicks. Chicks don't think farts are funny. But anyway, everybody knows farts are funny. We all know it, guys. Farts are funny. Point is, Mel Brooks does does. So Sexes. That does so much more of a, uh, a, a classic mm-hmm. and I would say more ancient and informed version uh, trope of comedy, which is to take the fart joke, which is the entry that's like, hey, yeah. here's a fart joke. And then he punches you in the face with something that is completely different. It, you're you talking about the hump joke. That's the perfect in Young Frankenstein. Same exact kind of thing. You yep. think you're going this way and then you go this way.
0: Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I, that's what makes some great comedy is the un. If you see something coming a mile away, it's not funny. No. Or it's like a mild chuckle at best.
1: And that predictability is is a whole nother aspect of it. Um, who Lewis Black did that that um, that documentary in the History Channel about comedy a few years back, which I, I oh, think yeah. you and I both thought was pretty good.
0: It was actually surprisingly.
1: It's like how you know what makes things funny and, and it's not it's not a universal standard. It's not an easy thing to figure out. Don't you know we're not the masters of comedy and neither is Lewis Black the point is there's plenty of ways to go at it and you you are going to have people laugh at something like scary movie they're going to laugh at it right sure but to me it is a completely different form of comedy than something like Mel Brooks even though those things get grouped together and lumped together all the time which I think is completely unfair and demeaning to Mel Brooks films
0: Uh, I'd like to leave off uh, this topic because we surprisingly went long unsurprisingly went long uh, yeah. with a couple of good quotes in the comments. Uh, F- Faramir says, I think with Mel Brooks movies, he takes time with the ideas like Westerns or sci fi and creates movies of what we loved, where the newer parodies go with what is popular now. That's very cl- or that's very true. Um, Blazing Saddles came out. 40 years ago. yep, And does not feel dated.
1: Feels dated only because of how it looks. It doesn't feel dated because of the actual movie itself. Right. The The, the jokes are
0: funny. The content is not dated. uh, Absolutely. Whereas you look at something like Date Movie, which came out I don't know seven or eight years ago, and I've never seen it. I just know of it. The jokes in it, like you look go go to the page uh, on IMDb. There's you can see a list of references, things that are referenced. Yes. In these movies. And there's a well, long list of what's referenced. And, it, and it's things that were just popular in that year. And it's so dated now. It's, yeah. it's not even funny. It's like,
1: oh, hey, we brought Snooki into this movie. Remember Snooki? And it's like, wait a minute. Who? Who the, who the hell is Snooki? Yeah. And, and, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that was those trashy people. Yeah. And then you realize that some, that Snooki made a ton of money to walk on at that time. And the only reason she was in the movie is because stupid people were watching Jersey Shore and they wanted to bring all those stupid people and bring them into the theater and make a couple bucks and they did
0: yeah. um, so the
1: point is it works it's terrible but it works and <laughs> and all we can do right i mean th- and this is how i'll leave it but as with everything you can look at the phenomena that are out there you can say to yourself my god why is transformers one of the transformers <laughs> 4 one of the big, biggest movies ever is that just because stupid people go and watch movies well we're not the stupid people we don't watch them folks some of you out there are liars. You're liars. Someone's you watching. Are, someone's going to see this stuff. Because if you didn't go see it, and they didn't make money, and they didn't pay Snooky to go be in the movie, then guess what? They'd stop making them. Like that Vince Offer movie. He went and made one of these stupid movies, and nobody saw it. No, guess there was, what? There
0: was a Vince Offer movie?
1: Yeah, remember? It was, it was, like, it was called like Movie 32 or something a couple years ago. Like He just made this movie of like random crap Is this with a sh- hole. Whole bunch of celebrities. Are we talking
0: about the wow guy?
1: Yes, the wow guy. You're, look it up. You're kidding me. He made Not a movie. Joking. Not joking. Go look it up. Anyway, it wow. was a total freak. You haven't heard of it because it's a total freaking bomb. It was terrible. And guess what? He never did again. Make, make, make movie. another movie. Casey. Case. Um. We celebrate what's good <laughs> here in <laughs> Grey Wolf, which is why we talk about something like Mel Brooks movies. Yes. So we uh we salute you, you. here. Mel Brooks uh, here at the Clan of the Gray Wolf for your awesome work and incredible stuff that you've done throughout your career.
0: Oh, definitely. And Red Mage makes a good point, uh, not only with Mel Brooks movies, but I think all movies in general, which we were kind of just saying, which was there's enough balance between the jokes and making a point in the Mel Brooks movies. New movies are just jokes with no direction or vision. Um, <laughs> and I, I, no, seriously, that's the point. If you have a bunch of uncollected uh, or, or, yeah, un uh, uncoordinated, I suppose, references or jokes that don't lead to anything that's not it's not going to stick with you as much as something like *Blazing and sals which yes has a lot of ridiculousness in it but in the end there's also a cohesive story with like Mike melbergs was saying it's about it's about love it's about caring there's actually an underpinning that keeps it all together and that's why a movie like that will stick with you
1: this is not a perfect analogy but i'll make it because people today can understand it pretty well i think it's the difference between South Park and Family Guy, South Park yeah, yeah, yeah. has a lot of meaningful satire. Family Guy is just a bunch of random strung together jokes. I'm not saying they're not funny; they are funny jokes, but they're strung together in a, in a way that you know they're they're there. You know, Seth MacFarlane is a popular guy, but nobody gives a crap about what he thinks about things. Nobody can, ever, but no one went to go see his new movie, uh, which is very Mel Brooks-y in, If you think about it, he went to go make I, I, yeah. a western.
0: That's funny. Actually, I was thinking about that. No one wants to see his crappy ideas about that stuff. Seth
1: MacFarlane is completely irrelevant. He's not what's funny. Then you go and watch South Park and you realize these guys are talking about what makes life ridiculous, what makes being a human being today ridiculous, and that's why it's meaningful and will stay forever. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay,
1: so let's move to the question and answer portion of the program. People still tell me to this day that this is their favorite portion of the program. Folks, if you have not yet asked a (laughs) question and you'd like to ask one of us, all you have to do is tweet at me at it's the Commodore, which I'm putting in the chat right now so that you guys can see. Tweet at me and I will answer your question potentially on the air if it's good enough. If it's not, I'm going to ignore it. So take that.
0: Yep. So, and you'll, you'll ch- just have to wait for our, our Helen Hunt episode next week where we talk about why she is amazing.
1: And if you can't find your tweet, go to Helen Hunt for it.
0: I knew you were going to, I was just about to say, and also the, basically the, the base of one of your favorite jokes in high school. Yeah! Know <laughs> where I heard that one? I heard that one and like, I don't even remember where I heard that joke.
1: I think I heard that joke from, um, oh God. Uh, what was the, the comedian's name? Red, um, Skelton, Red Skelton. That was an old Red Skelton joke. Helen Hunt? Long before Helen Hunt was even born. That oh. was a Red skeleton joke. Trust oh. me.
2: Weird. Okay. All
1: right. Uh, I got a question from Punch A Bunch A Buttons uh, at cool. the website uh, a little while ago. A couple Actually, a couple weeks ago. It was supposed to be for the last show, but uh, I didn't get to it in time. So if you do send me stuff, I do read them. Trust <laughs> me. I wanted I wanted to get this question out there because he'd like me to answer this question.
0: Um, <laughs> ma- Sorry, I got excited. raids in the chat.
1: Yeah, he was already making fun of me. You didn't see that?
0: Damn it. I miss him.
1: Um, anyway, so... Uh, what do you make of the fact that Link and Zelda, minus the Wind Waker version, looks and feels like the same person in every game? Link always comes to learn of evil around and gets his hand onto the same sword or the same legendary hero, blah, 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 all over again in each game with a grandiose dose of excitement and desire like it was the first time he lived it. So the question is, you know, what do you make of the fact that Link and Zelda is pretty much kind of the same game told differently over and over again?
0: Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. Uh, at least for the most part, you have slight slight differences here and there. Uh, I think the answer is that Nintendo sucks, and everyone who works there is a terrible person. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, but that, I'm sorry. No. no uh, <laughs> I actually... How about that Wii U? What, I, I love my Wii U. Um, <laughs> you need to get one, by the way. It's only $200 yeah. refurbished at Why Nintendo. would I get a
1: refurbished one? I don't want a refurbished one.
0: The refurbished ones a, are like not... I want a new one. They are new. Wait, the wait, are
1: you are you about to say they're gently used because they're no, in a game? For no, no,
0: <laughs> they're they're like oh. well, yeah, maybe. No, I, it's like a lot of return <laughs> stock or something like that. But ser- like Pat seriously just got one about a, a week or so ago, and he was opening it up. I was talking to him on the phone, and he was opening it up, and he's like, "This is brand new," and that's, yeah. that's what I keep hearing. Anyway, you should get it. My point. What was my point? Ze- Link Zelda, Zelda. Yeah. Um, Zelda games. Yes. Um, I think Nintendo realizes not yeah okay i'll say that they're in a rut with the Zelda games it, during yeah. E3 they mentioned more of a this is going to be an open world game this is going to be more like the original legend of zelda than the you know hub area with different dungeons coming off of it like you've always seen since yeah. since Ocarina of Time really
1: but i think i think a Link to the past is still the same thing right i mean you have you know essentially mm-hmm. you're telling the same story over and over again my 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 point is this we have always, always. You've seen this as a common theme in the Echo Screen Live, where we, where we espouse the truth, folks. We don't buy into the BS. And the truth of the matter is that every great story that's ever been told has already been told. We're just retelling them in interesting and cool ways. They're called tropes, folks. That's the way that it works. And, and that's you can, not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. Every Final Fantasy game is essentially has the same kind of idea to it, if you, if you really think about it. Mm. But, but it's told with different characters it's told with a different storyline it's told with with different feelings with that evokes different kinds of emotions that's what the 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 kind of goodness that comes from art is all about I would argue Zelda is the same way you can do something that's very similar over and over again in different ways and have novelty to it and it be fun this isn't just saying oh we have zombies Now I'll go put zombies in a school bus. And then I'm going to go put zombies in a theme park. And then I'm, you know what I mean? That's not creativity. It's more about what kind of things, what kind of emotions do people feel, put them in situations where it evokes those kinds of emotions and it makes them feel things. That's what art is all about. And I think you can do that well, which Zelda has done over the years, I would argue. Although they are stuck in a ride. Loy turns, asks, how'd you get to be called the Commodore? Um, that's interesting because my first computer was a Commodore 128, not a Commodore 64, thank you very much. I had to push a button to boot it in 64 mode. And uh, so I don't know. That was part of it. So I always loved the Commodore computer. Um, I, I was crying the day we threw it out. And, uh we threw it out? We threw it out. I remember the day we threw it out. It's gone why, forever. Why anyway, um, but... Never throw anything out. The other thing, yeah, God, don't even get me started, dude. Anyway, um, <laughs> Never throw so, out your Men in Tights posters. Yeah, exactly, which is why we've done this whole subject to begin with. But anyway, um, it, uh, the other thing was I always joked in high school, I don't know how this came up, that I would have loved to have somebody like, walk around behind me with one of those ship bells and just like ding every time and like announce the stuff that I was doing. We were, because I thought that was cool. Like People could announce what was happening in your life, almost like a play by play.
0: We were weird. The in Commodore.
1: School. Is having dinner ding ding right i thought that was funny i don't know why but we merged the <laughs> two together um uh, my question also asks my question for you is
0: yeah, when yeah. did you start to become the rear admiral um i'm when, sorry the rear admiral i should put the emphasis on the right place
1: when the united states government officially stopped using the term commodore there you go um Lloyd yeah. turns also asked when's the next 16 16-bit gems so you need to answer him. i don't
0: know daniel when is it
1: I don't know. You I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll write a letter to uh, Barack Obama because I hear he doesn't have anything to do. Um, Camo <laughs> Yoshi asks, thoughts on the Twitch TV VOD issue? I think we've already talked about it to a certain degree, right? <clears throat> uh, we
0: kind of more just mentioned it. Um, not surprising. Uh, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry. The video on demand is what we're talking about now. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, that's nice. I mean, like I was saying before, Twitch has become the... It is is the... It is like YouTube in that it, it if you want to stream something online and you want any real eyes on it, you kind of have to use Twitch. Bingo. You um, stream kind of does stuff, but they're not really focused on video games at all. But uh, So video on demand, it's nice that they're adding different... Uh, what do you call it? They're, they're adding more more features. Oh, I, I can't okay. think of the dang word. Yeah, um, I got gotcha.
1: you. Yeah, right. It, it it does look substantially different from even when we jumped on it for the first time. You know, it's it's
0: they definitely put some work in here. Yeah, it's always well, it's put in work, right? Um, of course,
1: now they have an unlimited budget because they got bought by Google, so it's easier to do work. But the point is, they've done work.
0: Yeah, so eh, it, it it's interesting. It it, eh, it doesn't affect us very much. So, like I said, we're going to YouTube anyway. So, and yeah. also we're not big streamers of. Video games, which is really what Twitch is all about. So, I, I I don't see it as a bad thing, obviously, for people who make their living off Twitch, which there are people who do that. So,
1: good for them. Yeah. Tom Van Vienendal God, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. <laughs> asks, "What's your favorite point and click adventure game?" Ooh, that's a good question. That's
0: a good question. Hmm. Hmm. should i go to old, old school with this old school point-and-click adventure <gasps> game do it oh you know what uh, maybe i'll go with maniac mansion maniac mansion is a great point I mean, click it's, adventure it's game. it's just a really solid game but you know what i also have fondness in my heart for deja vu on deja uh, vu on the nes <laughs> that that game is hard to love it's it's easier than shadowgate or uninvited uh, which yep. is which are the other two of that unofficial trilogy? Because Deja Vu actually makes some sense, you know. Yeah. It it takes place in what is it like 30s Chicago or something like that, and you're a you're a. a, 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 a yeah you're you're a detective and you're trying to solve a murder. And I was like, how long is it gonna take for him to say detective? I couldn't think of the word. <laughs>
1: Somebody's gonna take that, put it in a loop, and we're gonna have the best video ever like the best GIF and video ever. I'm sorry, I
0: don't recognize the term gif uh in computer oh, yeah right Um no, but but you like it makes sense. You you take a gun and you Shoot a hobo, it makes sense. Whereas in uh Shadowgate, it's like, oh, okay, here's a bridge of fire. You need to put the purple crystal in the f- black crack to get past it. And it's like, how do you know that unless you do a lot of trial and error? Which I personally do not like in my adventure games, which is why I'm not a big fan of Sierra games. But anyway.
1: Shadowgate. I like Sierra games. I, I um my favorite Point click adventure game of all time is probably one of the first i ever played in a serious way which is 7th guest. Oh. Mostly for nostalgia purposes, not necessarily because it was the greatest of all time. It's got its weaknesses just like any game. But it's still fun. You can sit down and play 7th guest right now and it's still if you turn the lights off, sit sit around with friends, y'all point at the screen about how to solve puzzles and whatnot, which might be happening. <laughs> during the marathon, oh, yeah. and uh, and you know, it's still fun to this day to play Seventh Guest. It works great. Oh. That, I'll mention uh, the fact that um, all yeah. the Tim Schafer games with LucasArts are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, LucasArts had a couple good games. One that you should totally check out is a game called The Dig. Who hmm. checked that one out. No, no, I,
0: one. I could have told you you were going to say something about Full Throttle. but
1: Well, I love f- Full Throttle. It's my favorite. Probably my favorite LucasArts game. Yeah. Point Click Adventure game. But... Yeah. Check out the dig. It's a dark horse. It's great.
0: Also, apparently, that that name that you butchered is as well. You pronounce it as well as an American can. And, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how to take that. So I'll just take it as a compliment. I am a winner. Uh, Sky Sam Freeman yes, asked. Uh, seventh Guest is available on
1: GOG.com. Take that. And it's also they're also uh, one of the original creators is putting is actually releasing it for iPhone. Um, the thought is that there's going that to be work. I think a release. Yeah, there's going to be a release. Actually, already has. There's going to be a release of a new game in the series mm. from Rob Landeros, who is arguably the man that killed the entire franchise. So I'm not so, sure I want. To work with
0: that so they had on. seventh guest, the eleventh hour, and the and then I think it's the thirteenth doll. I was about to say the thirteenth doll, uh, although yeah, I didn't know where that came doll. from. I think I've heard that before. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, Sky Sam Freeman asks. So speaking of Dumb and Dumber Two, what are your thoughts so far?
0: Oh God. I think you're way more excited about it than I am.
1: I'm stoked, and the reason I'm stoked is because it's it's going to be funny, and it's going to be in the in the style of real Dumb and Dumber. It's not going to be, um, you know, uh, again trying to appeal just to a modern audience for 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 S's and G's. It's going to be something that very much pays homage to something that happened 20 years ago. These guys are not about are not here to just use this as a cash grab. Everybody tried to do this movie as a cash grab for for the better part of 20 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They refused to do it. It, It's coming out almost exactly 20 years later. And it's about the the exact same characters 20 years in the future. You cannot beat that. It's going to be phenomenal. And I will be amazed if it's not an awesome movie. Uh, Let's see. are, Are your feelings any different?
0: I, I don't really have very strong feelings on it either way. I kind I, 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 I kind of like the original movie, but you are yeah. like a fanatic for it. So
1: I Dumb and Dumber is the greatest movie ever made by by human beings. <laughs> um, and well, that sounds like a rapist wit. Yeah, yes, a rapist wit. Um. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about a little How about a little pond life question? All right. What uh, What were your favorite parts of Con Bravo? Smiley face. Well, you're gonna leave it to me.
0: You should start. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, my favorite part of Con Bravo is just getting together with people that I uh, enjoy being around and respect, um, and just kind of talking about stuff. You know, okay. it's. Uh, I I think what's cool uh, about this little thing that we do because you and I totally just. Do this as a thing that we do for fun. You know, we never started out doing this to to make money or to have a following or any of the other stuff that a lot of people do very successfully. Um, is it's good to get around those guys and just kind of talk about stuff. You know, it's you you realize we're all just kind of just regular people that just like the same kind of thing. You know, it's not there's not no pretense. Nobody's like the dude, nobody's, you know, better than anybody else uh you just get together and have fun and that's my that's my favorite part of con bravo
0: yeah i would i would say that it's uh <clears throat> just being able to see people we don't get to see very often uh content producers and just friends and mm-hmm. also you know fans it's yep. it's always a lot of fun to to just meet people who are fans of whatever we do
1: speaking of which i'm i'm contractually bound in this episode i believe to say the word niche i'm actually i have to say that oh, God. in this episode
0: did you say it we right? We have found our
1: own niche. Because yes. he'll have
0: a very angry bundle of... Uh, Hate mail. Like, yeah, coming your way.
1: Yeah. You don't want that kind of hurt, Ricky Bobby.
0: <laughs> don't you put that evil on me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, he's dead. Isn't that sad? Scat- isn't That, sad that dead? he's dead. Uh, James Duncan. Almost. James, James something. Michael Clark Duncan? Duncan?
0: Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, I didn't realize he said that. I was like, Will Ferrell is dead. Did you put that guy a beat on, Mr. Bobby? Um, all
1: right. Uh, let's see. Anyway,
0: yes. Well, that was that was a, a niche, uh, movie to talk about.
1: Yeah, uh, a niche game to talk about. No nope. niche. Anyway, uh, let's see. Someone someone out there you right now it. who's who is near and dear to our hearts is ripping her hair out right yes. now because of what you just did. All right. Uh, let's let's see here. Uh Rue, have you looked at Landstalker for the Sega Genesis? I suggested that last year. I'm gonna put I'm gonna say the rest of it, which is where the hell is it? Why didn't you get my letter? <laughs> uh that question is from Faramir.
0: Stalker.
1: There's no question mark in their name. I just said it that way because I, I don't know. Say, Faramir. <laughs> is Ron that you, Burgundy? Faramir? Yeah.
0: Are you Sean Bean's little brother? Yes, I remember looking at this. I haven't played it yet, unfortunately. Okay. I um, played
1: the game. I just I don't know about oh, you've I, played I it, it was I played it but I I it's not, I played it year I mean I played it recently. I've never like I mean I like when I say played it it's not like I beat it. I mean I played the game.
0: Well, here's a great uh screenshot. I'm just going to go over your head real quick with this. Yeah. So, th- there you go. This is uh well, This is Landstalker. Uh I'm intrigued. I think I will play this. And I learned something today. Mel Brooks served in World War II. Actually, it does look really good. But I think we might even be able to play it during the marathons here.
1: Oh,
0: we're getting a, we're getting a lot of advance notice on the marathon. Yeah. Here. It's, coming along. it's, it's about time we start, start thinking about it, actually. What? what? What marathon? It's freaking August already. we got to get on. Um, so to-
1: I'm going to I'm, 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 I'm go to another question here, which is from our good friend, uh, friend of the program, Vulcan Assassin. Oh, boy. What do you think about
0: the free Mercedes Cars DLC in Mario Kart 8? <laughs> that's interesting. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have seen this. Uh, well, I, so it, this got updated in Japan. Uh, they they updated Mario Kart 8 with more content, which is great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, cool. like, like, they they basically added a, um, a map on the main screen. They just, you know, added some stuff that they didn't need to do. But also, like, three free BMW... Uh, uh, carts, if you will. Um, it's interesting. Uh, it's free. But the fact that it's free, it's is it, so crazy. You know, like S- why not? It's a little bit it's of advertising, so,
1: but it's so random. It is like, kind of random. If you thought, if you thought that Mercedes or BMW was going to advertise in a system, would you have ever picked the Wii U as the place Kart. they would want to advertise? Mario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the cartoon Wii U game was the was the game they want to advertise in. To me, it's a complete, you know, I, I guess they figure we'll save the money and not put our cars in, like, you know, uh, the next Forza Motorsport or uh, Grand uh, um, uh, Gran Turismo.
0: <laughs> it's just hilarious to see Mario driving a Mercedes... Yeah. I don't even know what the hell it's called. This, this uh, is A Mercedes-Benz, a, a GLA-class cart. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. It, it's... Uh, yeah it's interesting is the best thing i can say about it when i heard the news earlier today i'm like that's interesting yep sure why not okay all
1: right i'm taking two more because we can here we go all right and i'm going back to the tom van venderall there been beer viener schnitzel i'm sorry i know i can't see the name oh there it is tom Fra- van vien and all um what are, who are your favorite actresses Ooh. Sub question: do I remember correctly that you're a fan of Allison Brie?
0: Well, are we yes, talking Are we talking about actresses in terms of talent or in terms of she's pretty? I yeah.
1: like it for the plot.
0: <laughs> I read it for the plot.
1: Do you know that's a subreddit? Yeah, watch watch for the plot. Yeah, it, it for
0: the plot. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um favorite actress? Like I I I'm guessing I'm guessing I'm guessing he's being serious. Aww,
0: serious for being actress. serious.
1: Yeah, like serious. Like I'm super Cereal.
0: Oh, I don't even know who my favorite actor is. So that's a that's yeah, a you know. def, Who? Uh,
1: well, I don't know who your favorite actor is. Oh. I'm saying, like, I have a, a favorite actor. Who's your favorite? Um, I, I really like Al Pacino. I, I've He's always loved actress, Al Pacino. Though. No, but you said actor. Yeah, good point. And then you said I don't know, and then we went. This oh. thing, do I have to free file the chain of? <laughs>
2: that <laughs> conversation
1: know. here um, um favorite actress in things actresses it, it's so tough because of how how they get treated in Hollywood because you, you know they, they get treated really well for a while and they get kind of blown away like like Helen Mirren for example has been in like every movie ever made I don't know if you know this mm-hmm. but like she is she's pretty much acted everywhere uh, it's it's like she's kind of the british version of uh, meryl streep i was
0: gonna say just like meryl streep
1: yeah she's been just been in every damn thing ever it's hard not to love meryl streep's work because she's such a great actress it's true i i've said this before at other times i think meryl streep is probably my favorite actress meryl streep's now, really good she's not my favorite actress if we're gonna go there but you know um, well, okay who's that allison jennifer connelly oh yeah
0: uh, I'm looking through lists now Just to see I if just, I can get ideas I just, I
1: just hope That Jennifer Connolly will one day Remember or realize That despite the fact That she's married with kids and very happily So or whatever that, that she's supposed to be With me We can only
0: hope This is difficult yeah well, uh, I don't have strong don't feelings. ask stop all questions on your damn show I know i don't have a strong fe- I don't have a lot of strong feelings about actresses really Katherine Hepburn's really good
1: Catherine Hepburn is awesome um you know who else is really really good is a little bit younger if we want to just talk about somebody who's in everything is um kate winslet is awesome I do
0: like Kate Winslet a lot too actually
1: she is an awesome awesome act-
0: actress uh oh man hold on a second uh
1: Man, you are really crapping the old sheets on this one. I am
0: on it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. You know who my favorite actress is? Who? Anna Kendrick.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) She's so talented. She's not even... All right, I'm leaving this behind. Um,
0: (laughs) She does that cup song. It's, It's brilliant.
1: Yeah. Although you should... Totally see Pitch Perfect. It's 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 not a movie for girls at all.
0: Want to? I haven't seen it yet.
1: Hey, if you do go see Pitch Perfect, you know what you'll see? What you'll see an actual, an this it actually exists an actual acapella competition that I was once in.
0: Like the actual competition.
1: The actual? No, no, like like a tape of the actual. But that competition exists, and I was in it.
0: Did you win? No, you weren't pitch perfect. We were not pitch perfect. You could have had Anna Kendrick.
1: The. uh the the base the base guy from uh where in the World is Carmen san diego Roccapella was one of our judges and he really? didn't like my and he didn't like my solo ooh
2: did he
0: say that he's like I yeah he's think, like holy like, crap i think that commodore solo so. Yeah. do wop doop up that's got to hurt <laughs> um all right so a let's tangent. see uh, we were talking we busy it. talking about uh how anna kendrick is the best actress ever
1: all right we did not do Dude, we didn't thing. we've forgotten for the past two shows to do the 32nd everybody cover your ears Game of Thrones update we forgot to do that oh we're not gonna do that this time okay D- don't don't get your hopes up oh. that's what we call a tease in the industry but what I am gonna do is I'm gonna finish this off with a question here from a from uh, from Josiah fallen that says how is it possible <laughs> for you and he's talking to me, presumably. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones, the show, more than the books. The books are masterpieces. Oh. Luckily, you see foul language. That's oh. a great price. <laughs> wow. That's a great price. Sorry. Now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm referencing commercials for office supply stores. This is really getting bad.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. I. Okay, so I just finished uh, Dance of Dragons. Oh so,
1: no, I get it. So I was
0: surprised when Zombie Ned started oh, coming back at the no, end and no, just like no, killed Daenerys with his breath. Anyway, um, So she lives. <laughs> uh, you know Danny's not gonna die anytime soon. No. Um, or is she? <laughs> anyway, uh, Okay, so now that I am caught up on books and I'm caught up on show uh, yeah. uh both have their strong suits. I don't I do not prefer one by itself. Um George R.R. R. Martin is a great author. Uh he kinda falters in some places, points where I'm like, okay, okay, that's that's Wrong. great, etcetera, etc. Cetera. And the show falters in some places, but I don't know, I just enjoy both for what they are. Uh I I, I wouldn't say I like one better than the other.
1: The show is an adaptation of the book, so in, in a yes. lot of ways it's difficult to just boldly compare them as two <clears throat> different uh, species, as it were. It, they're, they're very different things. It's not like we're saying, what do you like better, Star Trek or Star Wars?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it, it, it's the same story. It's, oh, okay, sorry. It's the same narrative. The same plot lines, right? Generally, yes.
0: Some of the characters
1: are they're different. Don't you don't you put that kind of evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> anyway, so you know, it, it's not. It it, it has different char- characters in some places that do different things that are, I would argue, relatively unimportant. There are things that happen sequentially in different ways in the books than the shows. Where um, do they? But the, the you know, I think the guys that are making the show are, have the impossible task. Of taking the events of the book and, and turning them and sometimes taking something that is very small and referential and turning that into an entire scene, right? And doing it in a way that's cogent, that is made in the in the language of film and TV rather than the language of books. And they're very, very different. And George Martin would tell you that, because he would tell you it would take him an entire month to write one episode, right? Yep. Um, so I'm telling you right, and that's for a story that's already been written. So It is There are two very different things, but the the reason I like the show more than I like the books is because the show is so much more dramatic, it's so much more easy to follow, and I'm not a stupid guy, but they're easy to follow. You come to know these characters so well, so quickly, even if you aren't 100% sure of all of their names at any one given moment, you know what they do. In the book, it's referentially very difficult to have that many number of characters and still hold on to what's going on there. It's not impossible. Just saying it's it's not nearly as good. It's not nearly as cohesive. That's my issue. I agree. No, you don't.
0: Nope.
1: You don't agree about that at all.
0: No, I no. I don't know what you're talking about. I just like having control over this program, that's all.
1: <laughs> I I can't wait to find out what you just did to me there.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the
1: the point is though, the show is more dramatic. It's it's <clears throat> more fun for me to see the reveals in the show and then go back and read what was different in the books um, I don't really want to know I'm not interested in what happens I'm more interested in being a part of the narrative of the ongoing show that's what I'll say if you go back and watch lost now it's all done you'll never get to go experience what it was like to watch the show with everybody else all the time <laughs> right <laughs> yes I thought misquoting the Commodore died a long time ago Point is,
0: those stupid guys
1: yeah the point is, stop Anna Kendrick, stop her. She B- must be stopped
0: B- before she kills again. Before She kills.
1: before she becomes pitch perfect. Um, so, you know, to me, it is, it's about the event of the show. Everyone's caught up in the show right now, so it's a big thing. It's more than just the narrative itself. The narrative has been there for a long time. Now the shows are there and everyone's into it. That's an experience that you can't get out of the books sorry shows better take that
0: wow you're slamming down the opinions tonight
1: no I'm not i was you know hey listen it's my show i get to do what i want it's my sexy body i do
0: what i want. so you're saying you have um, complete control over the show no I don't, i'm not saying that at all oh good
1: um because uh because i i mean i didn't even know you had shadow puppets that don't have a shadow apparently have existential problems Earlier, anyway, uh, folks, that's going to do it for us. I, I now that we've done, now that we've gone over by mm, forty-five minutes. Uh, oh, probably, hey,
0: probably that, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we're making up for lost time, so it's, it's
1: right on time. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, thank you all for watching. We appreciate it. Rue, when can the people see us next?
0: People can see us next <clears throat> Wednesday, August twentieth at nine p.m. You can find us on clanthegreywolf.com or our back on the old YouTube for stuff Uh, and of course you can follow us on Twitter uh, for more information and also random tweets about things that we do yeah
1: and if you don't know where to follow us on Twitter at this point after this particular show God help you
0: you're not paying attention you're just not paying
1: attention and friggin put down what you're doing and listen damn it that's why your show going uh, anyway, thank you for listening, slash watching, slash being a part of the show and asking questions. We very much appreciate it. I think the Twitter yeah. thing will continue. This was cool. This was fun. This was yeah. a lot that
0: That's no, good. Uh, you can also find the Echo Screen Live as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Android. Uh, please leave us feedback. Rate us. Yeah. Like us. Love us. And shower us with gifts.
1: Rate us a lot. Although, if you don't rate us very well, you don't get a $500 fine. That's true. Like that at <laughs> the hotel in New York.
0: Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> See that we're topical. We're so topical. We talk, we talk about the news. We talk about the news and the notes. Both of them together. Things that people
1: need when they do things.
0: Hey, apparently that shelf behind you looks anemic. You need to add some stuff to the shelf of fun. Yeah, uh,
1: you're you're telling me. This is not news to me, folks. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, I'm not always playing by my own rules anymore. Okay. You, you think this is you think this is this the, the deed has my name on it, but I'm not so sure this is my house anyway
0: No one no one's bitter here. That's another show for another time. Oh, let's do that uh, show Yeah, that's a great show <laughs> um,
1: whether, whether you want to watch that show or not, it's going to be on sooner or later uh, All right, so <laughs> Quit doing you know you're paying attention to me um, That's a real quote and that we should totally keep that one Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for being a part of the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Great Wolf. For Rue, I am the Commodore. Thank you. And there is no reset button.
0: I don't know. And I sing. And I got a quirky look on my face because that's what I do when I have things around my neck. Okay, I'm going to stop this now. <laughs>